The medical information communicated in this podcast is of a general educational nature. If you are feeling unwell, please seek the attention of a medical practitioner. Any advertisements promoted throughout the podcast are not endorsed by the presenter or any of the guests interviewed. Hi there, welcome to MediTalk, a medical podcast talking all things medical in a way that you can understand. You're with Danae. Osteoarthritis is a chronic and progressive condition that mostly affects our hands, spine and joints such as hips, knees and ankles. It is the most common form of arthritis in Australia and according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, 1 in 11 people have osteoarthritis, making it the leading reason for knee and hip replacement. So considering joint replacement requires great consideration, we are speaking today to orthopaedic surgeon Sam Young, who is an orthopaedic surgeon with a particular interest in reconstructive and trauma surgery of the hip and knee. So what is osteoarthritis? So in the broadest term, uh, osteoarthritis is general wear and tear in the joint. Uh, It's degeneration of the articular cartilage, which is the nice smooth um, lining of the joint surface. It's what gives the joints the uh, lack of friction. It's analogous to rubbing two pieces of uh, wet ice on each other, the the frictions that uh, limited in the normal joint. And then as that uh, articular surface degrades and is worn away, it exposes the underlying bone, uh, which rubs on the bone and gives rise to the pain associated with that, uh, with that particular problem. And so what are the main areas of our body that are prone to osteoarthritis? So typically it's the joints uh, that carry a lot of the load. Mm. So typically more so the lower limb. Um, it depends on what the cause of the, uh, the arthritis is. So an osteoarthritis, it's typically knees, hips, uh, to a lesser extent shoulders uh, and the lumbar spine. Uh, with things like rheumatoid arthritis, it changes the joints. That can be more the hands, the feet, ankles, things like that. Um, so it really depends on what the underlying cause is. But for barn door osteoarthritis, it's the joints that do the heavy load. And how common is it in Australia, for instance? It's it's extremely common in Australia. It's uh, if you it depends on how you define it. If we were to take X-rays on everyone over the age of fifty, we'll find arthritis in just about every individual mm. in, in some form or another. So some wear and tear. We've Absolutely. all got it. Yep. Exactly. Yep. It's it's weird. And why some people X-rays correlate very poorly with how people feel. Mm-hmm. So why some people get symptomatic osteoarthritis, become painful and stiff, and others tend to tolerate that process quite well is is really poorly understood. So some people can have osteoarthritis and not actually get the symptoms or? Absolutely. So some people will, or certainly the symptoms will be very variable. That's probably Mm -hmm. dependent on what people need to do and how people can adjust their lifestyles accordingly. Um, But certainly just uh, looking at x-rays is a very poor predictor of who's going to be very symptomatic and who's not. And so why do we actually get osteoarthritis? Is it mainly just because people who have exercised a lot in their life or is it just are there sort of reasons why we get it? Uh, like uh, most disorders, it's probably multifactorial. Mm. Um, a lot of people, you can just blame your parents. There's going to be a genetic oh. component. Yes. Um, 
there, there is some evidence that uh, knee arthritis in particular is becoming more prevalent as we get older. Mm. And there are some thoughts about metabolic causes for that. So rises in diabetes, altering mm. the how good the cartilage is and how well it can regenerate. Mm. Uh, certainly, Australia is a very sporting nation mm. and sporting injuries as a younger individual will generally take their toll on those joints moving forward. Mm. Um, but, you know, the trade-off to that is not doing any exercise and being sedentary, yeah. putting on weight will also increase the stresses on those joints. So in Australia where netball, football, you know, mm. they're quite, I don't know, how do you call those sports? But they're quite compact sort of sports, aren't they? Are you getting young people suffering osteoarthritis? You know, young netballers, young footy players? Well, typically it's, uh, you know, I mean, the classic story is that uh, younger people in their 20s, 30s will have an injury to a joint, mm. tear an ACL, damage cartilage, tear a meniscus, and that can be to some extent remedied or patched up. But uh, as good as the cartilage is, eventually that comes back home to bite. And most people have got the story, you know, they had mm. their knee you know, cleaned out when they're in their 20s or 30s and were told they'd get 20 years out of it. And sure enough, they come back, back in their 50s with a bit of arthritis in the neck. Wow. Okay. So how is it diagnosed? Just through x-ray or? Yeah, so it's variable. Uh, in most people, it's a combination of their symptoms and how you examine them and then, yeah, on a simple x-ray. Mm-hmm. Now, it's important uh, you have to get the right type of x-rays. So particularly in the knees and uh, hips, you want to get weight-bearing x-rays to really show that degeneration in the joint. Mm. And sometimes it won't show it up. And sometimes we have to be slightly more advanced and look at MRI scans, which mm. can be much more sensitive and specific for picking up uh, a more subtle loss of articular cartilage. And there's some really, you know, I've seen some interesting examples. People come in, you take a mm. look at their x-rays and you think, why you're here, you know what I mean? It looks yeah. pristine. Mm-hmm. And then you take an MRI scan and sure enough, it's, it's, you know, it's florid. Really? Mm, yeah. So I suppose what the message of that is, is that if you're feeling symptomatic, for instance, and your X-ray might not have uh, perhaps shown it, it's it's good to, you know, go and connect with your doctor and maybe Absolutely. you might need another form yeah. of diagnostic. Speak to your uh, family doctor and, and yep. just have a see a lot of the time even if it is arthritis it'll settle down with with a bit of time and rest mm. and uh, some anti-inflammatories anyway but if it's not settling down and x-rays are equivocal or fairly unremarkable and sometimes an mri or something is can warranted. be helpful okay and what are the varying treatment options out there that people could be considering mm. so the the treatment options for arthritis are extremely broad mm. and start very very simple basic ones to activity modification lifestyle modification weight loss exercise improving mm. uh uh, strength around the joints is really important. Improving muscle strength helps mm. with stability around the joints. It varies uh, with which joints. Some respond better to these treatments than others. So typically knees and shoulders respond quite well to physiotherapy. Mm. Hips can be a little bit harder to, to manage in that regard, but certainly strengthening up. And then we move on to so you know more simple, straightforward treatment, medication treatments, anti-inflammatories, mm. regular paracetamol. And there's increasing bodies of evidence for some of the more, you know, what we might have considered alternative therapies in past, things like turmeric and... Really? Uh, that's right, um, rose oil, um, which 
yeah, at, at certain times we might have considered virtually in the same line as placebo. Mm. But now there's increasing a body of data coming out that those things probably do have a role to play and can be wrong? beneficial in suppressing the inflammation and minimising symptoms. And are they something you digest or are they some, are they literally an oil? So rose oil, is it turmeric? Um, yeah, a lot of the just, formulations will be yeah. variable, but most of the time it's a, um, a tablet-type medication oh, yeah. and taken from a chemist. Sounds good. So when is surgery considered? So surgery is a treatment for once the osteoarthritis has got to a point where non-surgical treatments can no longer benefit. Mm. And that's a difficult discussion because mm. every individual is a little bit different. And everyone's tolerance is different, Absolutely. isn't it, at different stages of your life? Because I've got a bit of osteoarthritis in my knee and I'm tolerating it now, but I'd imagine if you're a footy player or if you, you know, that there'd be some people that just like, I, I'm not going to tolerate it anymore, where it affects their quality of life or their, or their living, where they Absolutely. just can't tolerate it and they need to look at other options. Hmm. And you would see that every day. Well, absolutely, and it has to be, and, and unfortunately there's no sort of one-size-fits-all approach to it. Yes. It just simply can't be that way. You have to weigh up um, a, what a patient wants, yeah. uh, what their specific demands might be, what they've already tried, what mm. their expectations are moving forward. Mm -hmm. So someone in their 40s who wants to run, jump, play sport, lay yeah. bricks, yeah. they should not be having knee replacement surgery. Um they, we really want to be pushing ahead and mm. trying to modify and just be realistic about what we can give people. Mm. And uh, at the at the other end of the spectrum, um, people who are really you know debilitated by their arthritis, getting mm. night pain, getting significant symptoms, and they want to be realistic, just want to play with the grandkids, go down yeah. the beach, do a bit of fishing, and travel around. And just walk. And just walk and be functional. Yeah. Then don't deny yourself uh, what is an excellent and highly functional procedure like a knee replacement. And I suppose they've evolved a lot over the years that you've probably been, even in a short period of time. Absolutely. So everyone's got the... Um, you know, the old adage goes around that knee replacements only last 10 years. Yes, I've heard uh, that myth. Everyone says this. And, yes. Uh, and so they often say try and not have it until you really need it because if they've right. got a 10-year life. Is it that's true? Right. So probably in days gone by that might have been true. Mm. But uh, with the modern bearing surfaces and particularly the modern plastics, uh, we're starting to see now that reports are coming out of lifespans of 20, 25 years of knee replacements without wow. showing horrendous failures. Yeah. And, the, you know, the reason we used to say that last 10 years is because that's how long we've been keeping score on them. Mm. And now we've been keeping score for 20 years and we're more relaxed about it. Mm. And hopefully in another 10 years we'll say they do well for 30 years, but that's pretty yeah. much the lie of the land. Okay. And so what should people know about surgery? You know, when you've got someone sitting in this chair where I am today, what do you sort of let them know that they can last longer than 10 years? That would be yeah. one of them. Well, it's all. I think it's all about expectation management. It's really yeah. important that you understand that it's, um, whilst it's a good treatment in mm -hmm. the right person, it's still, I tell people, it's metal and plastic. Mm -hmm. It comes in eight sizes and I can't give you the knee that you had when you were 21. Yeah. As, uh, as good as we'd all like to think we are, that's just not the reality. Yeah. So they, are, they do what they say on the box. They get rid of the pain. Mm -hmm. They can help you with uh, getting around, doing normal day-to-day -day activities, mm. being sociable, being in the community, 
Playing maybe, with your grandkids. Absolutely. Playing yeah. with the grandkids, maybe doing a bit of uh, social uh, tennis or something yeah. like that. But that's the extent of it. Mm-hmm. They're not run, uh, set up for running three-minute miles on or anything Yeah, like you know, that. won't be doing uh, any New York marathons anytime soon, I've, even I've, with bionic if you can, parts in your body. Absolutely. <laughs> if you can, more power to you, but yes. I'd really, if you're one of my patients, I'd really rather you didn't. <laughs> Fair enough. So how long, so you go for surgery, and in fact, I'll take some of these great models I'm looking at here um, to put on Instagram, but what's the recovery like after, so what? how long are you in surgery for, and then what's the recovery look like? Well, it depends a little bit on uh, what type of operation you need to have done, and there's lots of variability there, whether you're suitable for a, a unicompartmental or a half knee replacement, or whether you mm. need full knee replacement surgery, and that's that's a, a subtle discussion probably for another time. But mm. um, essentially, it's still joint replacement. We're still removing some bone. We're still putting in some metal and plastic in there. And so you're in hospital for a couple of nights, mm. but you're up, weight bearing, moving it straight away. Now. It's not the most comfortable thing that people are ever going to have done in their life and you Mm. do need to take your painkillers and you do need to be diligent with your physiotherapy. And if there was one take-home message, it is that it's a a shared responsibility. Mm. We can do a nice job with an operation and give a nice-looking X-ray, but if you don't do the requisite exercises and rehabilitation afterwards, you won't achieve the full benefits of what can be given to you. And that's um, going to someone like a, a, a professional physio that Absolutely. really can give you guided exercises Absolutely. to help you get it's, stronger. Patient journey is a team thing. It yeah. has to be a lot of people involved in your care to really get the most out of it. It's yeah. hard to do it all yourself. Yeah, of course. And so what's the difference between someone having knee surgery and saying it was the best thing they've ever done, you know, and they're back? Um, being mobile, being functional, better quality of life versus perhaps other people that go, I didn't think it was what I was going to yeah. expect. And I think that your last statement there is probably the most important one. It has to be about expectation management, mm. being realistic about what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, knee arthritis pain can be can be very, very uncomfortable mm. and can be very disabling. But... The treatment is also, or the definitive treatment in terms of joint replacement surgery is also a big operation which mm. carries risks and there's a lot of swelling, there's a lot of pain associated with it and it takes a long time until you're as good as you're going to get. Mm. So I think it really comes down to talking. You've got to talk to your surgeon, you've got to talk to your GP, talk to your physiotherapist, mm. talk to your friends who have had them done, talk to family and see well, what worked for them you know, what were some red flags, Yeah. what were um, some things they really needed to focus on because whilst I might put a lot of knees in, I've never had one done myself. Yes. And so it's it, it's important to people who have been, to talk to people who have been through that process. Of course. And, you know, with your perfect patient or someone that's had a really positive experience, what sort of, are they the ones that go and do physio for, how long yeah. would it take from surgery to, say, a few months of when you look at your, like a positive patient experience of one of yours, is it a few months and they're sort of up and up and walking and functional? Yeah, and yeah. I'd like to say that, yeah, usually by around about a few months, people are up and about mm-hmm. and do, getting back and doing what, you know, the things what that they, they wanted, wanted to do, to do yeah. and seeing the benefits of it. 
Um, but it is about, you know, it's not something you want to rush. It's not an operation to be taken lightly. So mm. do your physio, do your rehabilitation, give it the time it needs and you'll get the most out of it. Yeah. And what are some ways that we might be able to prevent osteoarthritis? So... <clears throat> Can we prevent uh, it? Well, you know, yes and no to a degree. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, you don't want to wrap yourself up in cotton wool and not mm. take part in life either. But certainly major injuries to limbs... Um, tearing your ACL, not mm. you know, not having something done about it at the time can be problematic. Keeping fit, keep mm. that joint moving is important. Not arthritic joints don't like stiffness, and keeping them your body generally healthy, strong, maintaining a healthy lifestyle and weight is really important to pre yeah. preventing osteoarthritis. So weight um, would be one of the most important things that you were saying, and and moving. Mm. So your weight can actually cause a lot of more. Pressure well, it on your knees, yeah. It aggravates the symptoms. So it, it may not necessarily be a cause to the arthritis, but like anything, you know, the more force you put across a, a joint, the higher the loads, the higher the Basic pressures. physics. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> True. And so vitamins and joint injections, I've heard about, in fact, I've even tried it myself, the PRP. It didn't work for me, but maybe it works for other mm. people. What's your sort of thoughts on on the injections out yeah. there available? So there's lots of different injections around and broadly they come into things just like simple cortisone injections. Yes. Then there's your PRP type mm. derivatives. Uh, there are the synthetic gels like Synvisc. Or, yeah, I've um, heard about those. Yeah, Synvisc injections. And then the sort of latest one that's kind of rearing its head, although it has been around for a while, the stem cell therapies. Mm. Um, I use a lot of cortisone injections. They can be very useful in people who are having a little flare of their arthritis mm. uh, or in those early stages where it, you, know, you don't need an operation but just to give you some symptom relief. Mm. And they can be beneficial. And usually your first injection is your best injection. Is it? Yep. Um, after that, they can sometimes become more and more refractory, but they're mm. a very useful, very low-risk aid. Um the PRP injections, I mean, I um, send most people to sports physicians for mm. consideration of PRP. Um, I think that that's one that's still being studied fairly heavily and I'd be um, somewhat cautious about the intra-articular injections with PRP mm. and I'd probably defer to someone who does more of them than I do. Mm. Very, very useful for the uh, tendonitis type problems mm. around rotator cuffs, but I think we're still waiting to see about what they do for joints. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And how long would someone trial injections in, for instance, their knee or a joint before they go, I just don't think this is working for me? You know, because some people might try it once or twice and they go, no, nope, you know, hasn't worked. <laughs> yeah. um, is it one of those things that you should try for a certain period of time before you sort of give up on that option? I mean, it, it varies on which injection it is. Mm. So certainly with a cortisone, you've got to give it at least six weeks to see what kind of benefit you're going to get. It can take a while for the cortisone effect to kick in. And mm. similarly with the Synvisc type agents, if you're going to go down that line, you probably want to give it at least three months to see what mm. kind of benefit you can achieve. Mm -hmm. Again, it has to be somewhat individualised. If you have a really good result to an injection, but it wears off after six months, I mean, that'd be pretty good that'd as far as I'm run. concerned. Yeah. Yep. And we're trying to try a few more money. of those, absolutely. <laughs> Good bang for your buck. Yeah. And so what are some simple practical tips that you would give someone with sort of osteoarthritis? Yeah. So, look, it's I think um, understanding what the process is is the most important thing. And mm. in most people that you see who are starting to get osteoarthritic and degenerated joint, the most important thing to know is – 
you're not burning any bridges by using it. Mm. And the final treatment, the absolute final treatment is joint replacement surgery. Mm -hmm. But getting up, using that knee, if it does get sore from time to time, you're not damaging it anymore. You're not mm. changing what we're ultimately going to do. So get up and use it. Mm. It's, it's pain. We can manage pain. And the pain doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing Stop something. Stop using it exactly, you're doing something wrong. That you're doing something wrong. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a symptom of the disease. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to keep using it. It's important to keep that joint moving. It's important to do your physiotherapy mm. and your exercises prior. And... If you, that just means you take some anti-inflammatories to do them, then so be it. Yeah. But keep using it, keep active. When you're doing uh, a joint replacement, are the, the things that you're using here, so you, you were talking about rubber, and are they safe for our bodies to implant? So, Do you uh, get that asked? Yeah, I mean, oh, no, uh, yeah. lots of people ask. So most the implants that we use are generally speaking either a cobalt chrome alloy mm -hmm. or titanium. Yes. And... Yeah. In by f some people, there are you know very small proportion of people uh, that have allergic reactions maybe to mm. the components, but it's a very hard one to pick up. Yeah. It, um, and we've been using these components now in bodies absolutely since probably the 1960s and wow. earlier. And reactions to them and to the way we put them in the modern joint mm. replacement are virtually unheard of. Mm. So they're very safe, very tried and true. The current used implants have got about 25 years of runs on the board mm. and issues just don't seem to arise. Yeah. And now, what, what's, everyone's different. Yeah, true. And what's sort of the future? What's exciting that people should know about? So as we get older and uh, I suppose we're going to be prone to more wear and tear, aren't we? What's sort of exciting in, in the space of joint replacement. Yeah, so I think some of the really, in the, in the last few years, we've really shifted the, I think we've got it sorted out the implant side. Mm -hmm. We kind of we kind of know what works in that regard. Yeah. We know that these metals work. As to your last question, we know the metals work and we know the plastics work. And what we're really focusing on now is kind of bringing it down to the really fine detail and the one percentage of these joint replacements. So mm -hmm. using things like... Um, accelerated rehab pathways and knowing that we can safely push people along with knees. Mm. We can safely move you. We can safely, when knee replacements first started getting done, people would be in a splint for six weeks afterwards oh, yeah. and rest in bed yeah, for six weeks. But now you sort of get them up and out it, Absolutely. don't you, pretty quick. If you have a knee replacement in the morning, you're up and walking in the afternoon. Is that right? Yeah, very much. And so we're really focused and understanding that that's important to minimise risks and complications to mm -hmm. patients. So what we're all about now, I think, is really trying to make this as reproducible and safer process mm -hmm. to really minimise the complications, maximise the outcome and minimise the downtime. So that's going to mean more teamwork and as a team Very with much. a physio knowing, Absolutely. okay, what exercises do the, do the replacements and people respond better to and how yeah. quickly? And well, Is that sort of where it's going? 100%. Or? It has to be a well-oiled machine and mm -hmm. everyone plays their part surgeon, physiotherapist, nursing care, and most important, patient understanding. And education is critical, I think. If you're concerned or if you have question marks going into your surgery, then you're going to be anxious. You're not necessarily going to be able to perform at your best at mm. that time when you need to do it. So it's really important that ask the questions and really be an active participant in your care. Mm. So listen to your surgeon, listen to your nurse, listen to your physiotherapist. 
take it on board, ask the questions that you need to ask, and then do the work you need to do. And I suppose before you really uh, consider it as an option, making sure you've got the time and commitment and dedication to the it's, aftercare as well as it's the... It's not something to be rushed and it's not something to be seen as a quick, immediate fix. Because then you'll get the most out of that investment, isn't it? You, it could be the difference between having a great result that lasts 20 years versus someone that, you know, walks away and goes, oh, you know, I didn't have a good experience, you know. Well, you can't, uh, you can't put the knee back in. So yes. <clears throat> once it's done, it's done. Yes. And you have to be confident that you've done everything you can to give yourself the best outcome. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time. Not at all. Thank you very much for having me. A big thank you to Dr Sam Young for sharing his knowledge with us today on MediTalk and to learn more about Dr Sam Young and St John of God Hospital Subiaco, visit sjog.org.au. If you feel this podcast episode can help a friend or a family member, please share as sharing knowledge empowers our lives and the lives of others. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a minute to write a quick review on Apple Podcasts. To listen to more episodes of MediTalk, visit meditalk.com.au and if you have any medical conditions you would like to learn more about, please send me an email via danae at meditalk.com.au. Stay well and thank you for listening.